Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello, 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 and welcome back to uh, after a mini hiatus, ESSR Central here on Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. My name's Ross McLeod. Apologies that we've been away. The last show we did was the Royal Rumble Review. Um, not much has happened since then. Um, <laughs> as always on the road to WrestleMania, WWE very, very quiet. No controversy whatsoever. No trending worldwides and backlashes happening here at all. Joining me to talk about a pretty quiet week and a half is David Hockney. David, how are you? Nothing beats a quiet Friday night. I've got my decaf tea here. It's been a busy week at work and I'm just ready to wind down and just have a nice, nice casual conversation about what's going to happen next on the road to Mania. Yeah, nothing, nothing's happened at all. Uh, support me, tweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it, we are on it. You can find us, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, on iTunes, Spotify, all good Android podcasting sites. If you want to listen to the massive back catalogue of previews, reviews, interviews, and all the news, plugging some interviews later on, so stay tuned for that. But let's talk about WrestleMania. We're on the road to WrestleMania. Last time you spoke, it was you, myself, and Alan. We did a Royal Rumble review. It looked like we were going to finish the story. Cody points at Roman. I'm coming for you. Um, and we get to the SmackDown after Mania. I'm now, like set in stone at this point. Yeah, yeah. Or so set in rock. Hint, hint. Anyway, we get <laughs> wait, to. Wait. So obviously, we've had, and we will talk about these on future centrals because I have a feeling it's going to be an unfortunate story we're going to have to cover about the Vince McMahon allegations. Um, but the first thing that sets all this in stone is CM Punk, who opens up Monday Night Raw, the oh, two nights after the Royal Rumble, CM Punk opens Raw to announce that he will miss WrestleMania. He has torn his tricep, he will be out of action indefinitely, and that puts the World Heavyweight Championship title match in limbo. Add to that the ugliness of the allegations, which have also involved Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar and Gunther is now off the table, so two title matches for WrestleMania are now no longer a goal. So we get to SmackDown. Cody Rhodes confronts Roman Reigns. We think this is 
getting his belt on the road to WrestleMania, Cody versus Roman, only for Cody to say, I'm coming for you. And this is the only thing, I listened to Jim Cornette review um, this and the, the press conference, which we'll talk about uh, later. They could pretend they meant all of this all along if it wasn't for the fact that the line that Cody used, I'm coming for you, but I'm not coming for you at WrestleMania. They, they, it said it, it's clear as day, it was on SmackDown, but he says, I'm not coming for you to WrestleMania because there's someone else who knows you better than I. And then the music hits. If you smile, the new board member of the <laughs> anthem. And that, the was new the, that, that was the first time you climaxed since you got your fiance pregnant. <laughs> so the new... The new board member for TKO Holdings, the man who now owns the trademark The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, comes down. The crowd go wild. The crowd are on their feet shouting, this is awesome, Rocky Rocky. Cody shakes Rock's hands, looks back and walks on, walks away. Now, Seth Rollins has put out a challenge to say, Cody, face me at WrestleMania. And it looked like this was a case of, right, Brock's out, Punk's out, two matches down. We can always revisit this. Let's do Rock Roman and Seth Cody. Two big matches. One can main event night one. One can main event night two. And it it pretty much looked like that was set in stone. They must have left SmackDown that night. David thinking, great, we're on to a winner here because the crowd was electric. The stare down, the the, the video they put on uh, WWE's YouTube channel after, the crowd would not stop cheering. And then, of course, the backlash came. Oh, yeah. The, the fact it- that we have heard for over a year and a half, I have to finish the story. You know, it was the the night after WrestleMania 38 where Cody Rhodes put the title on the screen and said, that's the title I'm going for. That's the title I want. It's the title that was ripped from my father's hands. I'm going to bring it back to my family. He said after the SummerSlam uh, pay-per-view at the press conference, would the World Heavyweight title be finishing the story? And he made it clear, no, it's not going to be finishing the story. What what were your thoughts? First off, was Rock and Roman. Did you see the point? Like, did you see the point that you were trying to make with the fact that two of its biggest stars were now out of WrestleMania matches? And how, how did you feel? How did you feel in the moment, the instant moment? Give, give us your give us your reaction. So it's, uh, it's pretty much every reaction I see from the Rock ever since you know around twenty thirteen. Yeah, he comes back. Brilliant pop, because he is a big name draw. And, you know, The Rock's just randomly showed up. It's it's a huge moment, you know, for a few moments. Keyword being a few. You then see the stare down, particularly after, you know, Cody made his intentions clear. After pointing many a sign, he points directly towards Roman Reigns and says, I'm coming for you. Like, there and then, when I was watching the Rumble Live, I thought, yes, set in stone, we're finally getting the story finished. And then this sort of U-turn comes in a little bit, and then 
reports start flying in about how this was a power play by The Rock as a board member of TKO. Maybe just trying to add that little extra star power to WrestleMania. And I get it, you know, because WrestleMania is meant to be not just for the diehards, but it's meant to be uh, something that can appeal to casual fans as well. And, you know, it's, it's the same case with the Super Bowl. You know, some folk might not have a have a clue about how American football is played or who any of the players are, but people watch it because it's a spectacle. And when you've got big names, you know, appearing, it tunes people in. Kind of like when Taylor Swift was making an appearance at the Super Bowl, it drew that wider demographic of Swifties on board, including one Mr. Kwaku Ajay, who have been uh, was told to keep that secret. But this is just between us, okay? <laughs> but yeah, uh, going back to WWE, I think the the backlash was pretty evident about you know people were firmly behind Cody and finishing the story, and I was one of those people. Like, why would they? pretty much say, yes, we're going to get Roman versus Cody too at this year's Mania, only for The Rock to come in and says, no, it needs more star power. I mean, that sort of undermines pretty much everything Cody's done in the past year, ever since failing at Mania last year. It was, it felt like a real gut punch knowing that, you know, it's going to be another year around that it echoes to what CM Punk's promo to Cody was before the Rumble, that you're going to work. You've done all this work for the past couple of years to make yourself the guy only to be pushed aside by a much bigger name. And lo and behold, that prophecy came true. It just, it turned out to be the rock and not punk. And the dislikes on that promo on YouTube is now WWE's most disliked video of all time. And it started a new revolution called the, the we want Cody movement. It was a weird one because obviously as you mentioned, the moment, the moment the Rock appears, oh my, it's the Rock, yes, because he is an attraction, and you know, for an era of wrestling fans, he is either one of or the hero, the best, you know, to them. Whereas, maybe it was a case of moment versus story, and you know, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't use that term unironically. Um, the story was Cody Roman. The moment of rock and Roman was cool, but it feels very much like this story has to finish at WrestleMania. Now, David Campbell's talked about before, if it's not Cody and Roman and it's not Cody beating Roman, um, then he, mm-hmm. he loses faith in Triple H's booking. And the moment was amazing. The reaction was not... Um, Everything from, and we, we've heard everything from, you know, from your Sean Ross Saps and your Wrestling Observers and your Fightfuls and your Dave Meltzers and everyone from, you know, everyone who's got a wrestling blog has had a, a story where it was, this was Rock putting his authority across. This was Rock getting a power play. This was actually in the works for ages. This was <laughs> a last minute decision because of the lack of star power. This was this, this was that, this was the next thing. We see the backlash on lights on you. And I was going to say everyone and their mums had an opinion on this. And, you know, that includes us. You know, that whole Team Rock, Team Cody split has been evident in our group chat as well. You know, I think, well, based on the most vocal people in our chat, myself included, I think there seems to be more folks siding with Cody than Rock. But, I mean, 
Bob's is curious as to where you stood as a rock fan. I stood, and I actually spoke about this um, with our former panelist, Sarah Grieve. I spoke about, um, hold on a minute, no, actually. Um, uh, but Gold makes a really good point. I think, you know, despite, you know, the injuries and, you know, the booking opportunities out the window, I think everybody was still focused on the idea that they want Cody to finish the story. Anything else on the undercard that makes sense story-wise would just be an added bonus. Yeah. I said, I think it's maybe not the right move as we've been building towards finishing the story, but also The Rock for more than three years has always been thought of as the final boss for Roman. I can see both sides. I do agree that I think Roman really needs to drop the title at this WrestleMania. However, let's not act as if Cody Rhodes was getting bumped for Apollo Crews. Like, um, you know... Or, um, or Odyssey Jones. Yeah, or Odyssey Jones, yes, India's favourite wrestler. Um, I honestly thought, and this was a a wee bit of fantasy booking that I thought of um, prior to the Rumble, I honestly thought doing Rock v Roman v Cody, Cody pins Rock, Roman goes away for a bit. Roman comes back and gets his rematch at SummerSlam. The caveat is Cody's never beat Roman. Cody, Roman then beats Cody, retains the title, sorry, to regain the title. Then you get to War Games and it's like a last chance and it's like Team Cody v Team Bloodline and it's Roman saying, right, if you can beat me here, you can... You can have a title match, and then we, when Cody wins War Games, we get Roman Cody three, and that's when Cody finally beats Roman. He's finished the story in terms of winning the WWE title, but he now finishes the story of his rivalry with Roman Reigns, the person he couldn't beat, the one guy that had his number. I thought that could have been a fun storyline. However, it doesn't look like we're going to go with Triple Threat as of yet. Um, it does look like we're going to go with a singles match because, uh, unknown to us, we didn't see what was going on backstage. Um, Rock conceded to the bold that Cody's year should be this year and that he would then play the heel, which I think is exciting everyone even more now because although this convoluted Cody's out, Rock's in. No, actually, Rock's out. Cody's in. We weren't going to get heel Rock. We haven't had a heel Rock since 2003. And it's a mix of the the heel authority figure, the heel Hollywood guy, and someone who's even bigger than Roman, who holds more sway than Roman. I think it's it's an interesting bonus that's came out of a situation that, as we've seen before with the Daniel Bryan thing, WWE left it late to add Daniel Bryan to the WrestleMania main event because they thought it would go away. WWE didn't wait for this to go away. WWE played into this on Monday Night Raw. Before Cody could accept Seth's chance, Drew came out and said, you have to finish the story. You have to finish the story, Cody. Go and face Roman and let me face Seth for the world title. It looks like that is a direction we may be heading. We head to the press conference and let's talk about the, because I talked about Hollywood Rock, let's talk about the appearance in the Pat McAfee show because Mm. reports at this time start coming out that The Rock 
wants this has been deliberate and Rock wants to do this and make Cody an even bigger star. Yeah, there's also reports coming out that Rock wants to make Cody a bigger star now that he's out, basically. I think that he realised it's conflicting reports. It's essentially half the people saying that they switched this, but now Rock's like, oh yeah, I'll put Cody over. And half saying that this was the plan all along. So I I, I go back forward, I go back to what Jim Cornette says, we can do everything except erase that line of I'm coming for you, but not a WrestleMania. Um, we get to the press conference. Seth comes out. Roman comes out. Roman says, sorry, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Sorry. There's so much happened, guys. <laughs> um, loads happening. Let's talk about that Pat McAfee podcast. Let's talk about The Rock saying there's, oh, Cody, Cody, there's Cody and Cody's fans. I like them, but then you've got the Cody crybabies, these idiots crying online. And The Rock's never never bit back at the people for having an opinion. He's never bit back at people for booing. But he has done this before when the fans started to turn on him. He's done it twice in his career. He's done it once when he was a young babyface. He asked Vince McMahon, he said, can I just have time to put a promo across when you're going to put me in the nation? And the the ironically the Rocky sucks chance are back. Rock might be a lot of things, but sucks ain't one of them. And then in two thousand and two, when he was booed out of the building in the Nassau Coliseum in Long Island, he goes away for a while, he cuts a scathing promo after the show on the fans, and when he comes back, he's Hollywood heel rock. And th- this organic turn veering into the skid it's amazing I'm just I'm so excited but sorry I'm, I'm rambling these are my thoughts as a rock fan by the way David as you asked earlier yep joyful glee that Hollywood rock may be back but I'll let you take the lead here thoughts on the Pat mm-hmm. McAvee podcast thoughts on everything there so yeah I think basically what you were saying earlier about you know the conflicting reports about was this all planned or whether or not this was, um, you know, this was in response to fan backlash. I think, in hindsight, it feels like a combination of both. Like, Rock's obviously a businessman now, right? You know, he wants to do what's best for business. And, you know, I get his thinking about wanting to add extra star power, but I think he vastly underestimated how much support Cody Rhodes had behind him, you know, not just in America, but all over the world. And I don't think winning back-to-back rumbles was like a, a like an off-the-fly call because just because Punk teared his tricep. I think the plan was to have Cody finish the story once again because they knew that WrestleMania 39 was a fuck-up. Like, Cody should have won at that event. But also in hindsight, it's given them a full year to... a full year extra to turn Cody into the man and he basically has become the new people's champion by default. You know, meet and greeting fans, you know, well after the show goes off the air. He makes sure nobody goes unnoticed. And it just seems like the most soundest guy, like, in interviews. And, you know, he carries a very professional demeanor about him, but he can still have a laugh every now and again. You know, 
you know, him and Rollins have had some good interactions on Raws of late, you know, with uh, the Rocky Sucks, Rocky Sucks chance, you know, are we back in 1996 again? And then there was the week after where they had the the Moana quotes. So Becky was saying why um, Rue's daddy is trying to fight Maui and the whole, uh, what can I say, except you're welcome for his support at the, the press conference. And I don't typically watch the press conferences, but ever since the Royal Rumble, I've been hooked on them because I wanted to see, you know, what was going through, you know, what was go what was going on past the kayfabe, you know, what was going through in the minds of not just the performers, but of Triple H and the other folks around them. And I think the Vegas press conference was definitely the straw that broke the camel's back, you know, in the way that, you know, it was basically a, uh, an epicenter for the We Want Cody movement. You know, fans have been making waves online with the We Want Cody. Some superstars in the back were backing him up as well, which was really great to see, like Logan Paul, Ricochet, Mustafa Ali in TNA as well was showing his support. So this this growth of support is something that I haven't seen for best part of 10 years. And it felt like rinse and repeat a little bit again. You know, a Hollywood star comes in and around the Royal Rumble time, tries to take away the main event spot from someone who has worked all year and has won the fans over to earn that spot. And it just sort of delved into the path I think we would expect it to go. You know, the um, the Rock obviously showing a lot more heelish tendencies. And in, it turns out, you know, he's actually siding with Roman now ever since, you know, Cody threw the jibe at, you know, his family and stuff, you know, showing that whole family tree of the bloodline and stuff. I mean, it's, again, it's all about family and stuff. You know, what Vin Diesel, Fast and the Furious cast has uh, has been going on about for so long. But uh, I just couldn't take my eyes off it, you know. And obviously, Rollins' involvement as well makes him tied in a little bit as well. And then it also, by association, elevates Drew, knowing that, you know, he can rip on Punk for missing the main event this time around. And I think it actually elevates Rollins a little bit more, knowing that he's still brushing shoulders with, you know, the the three other men who are basically eclipsing the main event scene at the minute. Well, let's talk about, obviously, the, the section in the press conference where Roman comes out and says, it's no longer Cody's decision. You've waited too long. You've missed the boat. I choose now. And I choose The Rock. Now... This, I think, is quite smart is because they have to find a way when Rock and Roman are staring each other down, when Rock's had that head of the table jibe uh, um, at Roman, when they're clearly at odds with one another, you've got to find a way to get them on side. And Roman comes out, Roman picks the Rock, so all, all of a sudden, it doesn't become Rock stole the main event. It becomes this cowardly part-time champion, which is the story they've been telling, which is ironic because I think everything you mentioned, everything repeating itself, you know, 10 years ago, it was a Hollywood star taking it away from the the new people's champion or the, the new person. You know, we had an animal, we replaced him with a goat. We had a people's champion. We now have a common man of the people. Um, we had John Cena making fun of the movie star that was The Rock. 
only for Roman Reigns to rip on John Cena for being a part-time movie star. We had Roman Reigns ripping on Brock Lesnar for being a part-time champion who doesn't show up for work, only for Roman to become, to quote Star Wars, become what he hates. So it's, it's fun how everything comes around in wrestling, but it becomes the guy who has ducked this challenge for a year, it becomes another roadblock that he's put in front of this guy. Now, Rock comes out, Rock tries to cut a promo, Rock doesn't miss a beat with this promo, he doesn't let the booze phase him, but every so often he just kind of gives a look, gives a look as if to go, hmm, hmm, I don't like this. And then the moment the, f- the place erupted, Cody going, this is bullshit, I won the Royal Rumble, I'm facing Roman Reigns. And it was the moment that The Rock slapped Cody that I think this thing went from, right, this is interesting, I'll keep an eye on what they're going to do, to, oh damn, they've got me. I'm not taking my eyes off of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, the way they played it out was very, very well done. In fact, they had even had the Roman versus Rock graphic for WrestleMania, pretty much all yeah. set. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And they uh, they had pretty much changed it almost halfway through a little bit. You know, telling the story of, you know, it looks like it's going to be Roman Rock in this sort of tribal combat-esque battle. Like, there's still a lot of respect within the bloodline, but it's a battle for head of the table. And there's a lot of, like we saw at SummerSlam last year against Jane, etc. You know, they sort of bonded it with a handshake etc so it wasn't like an it wasn't welded in animosity it was just a a battle for you know supremacy over the family and then the um you know dropping cuss words etc and you know cody basically taking what was his back from mm-hmm. the biggest, from one of the most influential men in the entire away, world. To build all away. <laughs> to build his kingdom. There you go. <laughs> oh, but you know what? It was um, it was a tweet from Cultaholics Tom Campbell that really pretty much summed it up uh, perfectly. It was uh, when they announced when he announced that Moana Two was coming out in November this year. He said that Tom Campbell said on Twitter. The Rock to reprise his role as Maui, the guy who stole something that didn't belong to him and unleashed a world of suffering until he returned it. And that's when I think (laughs) the We Want Cody movement pretty much took solace in the fact that their voices were heard. They got through to this new member of TKO, you know, who knows the business pretty damn well. He wants the business to succeed, but I think he he finally, for lack of a better word, acknowledged that you know, Cody is the guy. And even Triple H played his part and said, you know, Rock needs to know his role and shut his mouth because... That was a good one. Yeah. Because he's in charge of creative. Yeah. Let's talk about the the interaction after, which is Rock and Roman telling Triple H, you better fucking fix this or we will. And... It's it's blurring the lines a bit because we know the Rock's creative power. 
We know, by the way, people talking about, oh, Rock must hate the promos, Seth Rollins cutting on him. The Rock, it's been well documented that since, you know, Rock hit Hollywood status and all that, when he comes back, he has control of his creative. You know, the only person that went up against him and was allowed to speak freely was John Cena. If you don't think The Rock's involved in these promos, you're, I'm sorry, I don't know what you've been watching, but the man has... Mm -hmm. The man has creative control out the wazoo. Um, but anyway. At least Cena didn't write his promo notes on his rest. <laughs> <laughs> but then we have, uh, so the moment with Triple H, fix it and we won't. The great promo from Triple H, um, it doesn't matter what other people want. Cody Rhodes earned the Royal Rumble and it continues that storyline of Cody earning it and Roman once again trying to put a roadblock in front of him. And this mm -hmm. is where it's ultimately going to come to, because we've talked a lot about The Rock here in this situation, and, hey, he's the one that's put himself front and centre, so we are going to talk about him. But ultimately, when we get to Cody versus Roman, we're going to have to have a story, and it is a man of the people going up against the corporate champion. And it is very much Rock Austin, uh, and at WrestleMania 15, it is very much it, it is played right into the hands. Uh, ironically enough, with Roman as the heel champ, WWE has managed to perfectly encapsulate and back-to-back -back WrestleManias the fighting fighting challenger that WWE fans want to root for and that they want to market. And it's ironic because they tried it for so many years with Roman and it didn't work. And sometimes it's just about finding, or should I say, knowing your role. And he has been such a good Thanos-esque villain, but it is time for the, and it's time for the reign to end. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Seth Rollins aspect here because um, his title has been disrespected. It's been called the B title, the loser bracket. Um, the kiddie table um, and Cody sorry Seth has done incredible work even while working with an injury the Wrestlemania 40 trailer I don't know how that works um, but the Wrestlemania 40 trailer dropped during Super Bowl it's Rock and Roman versus Cody and Seth in this promo Um mm. Are we heading towards double duty for Cody Roman and possibly Seth Rollins? Or do you think something's going to happen on the lead up to WrestleMania to get the title off Seth and this will be Seth's WrestleMania match? Hmm. It's really difficult to say because, I mean, it makes sense, you know, with the way they've done everything with the press conference, etc. Seth Rollins offers to be Cody's shield, which was a belter of a line in the in the promo. And it would make good for Seth Rollins to finally get that WrestleMania ma WrestleMania main event without, you know, the use of the Money in the Bank briefcase because he's worked hard to make that World Heavyweight Championship mean something, you know, having defended it you know, probably three times as much as Roman has in the last 12 months. It's He's made that title worth something, you know, a champion worth fighting for. And what a moment for him would it be to, you know, step into the ring with The Rock as well. But at the same time, 
logistically, I think I just don't hope they they don't put all their eggs in one basket with just a handful of guys main eventing both nights because let's not forget as well, CM Punk delivered a social media post on, I think it was Insta or on Twitter, where he basically said, don't forget about Bailey and EO Sky. You know, Bailey also won a Royal Rumble this year and she's already made her selection for Mania. She's going to face EO Sky. And I think it would be good if they got a chance to main event at the same time, but if they're going up against, you know, Roman Reigns, The Rock, and, you know, arguably WWE's two biggest baby faces, it's it's a real uphill struggle. And I think it'd be a damn shame for Bailey and Yo to miss out on that main event just because, you know, they're trying to get so much star power in there. And at yeah, the same time I, as well, I, you know, the... I, coming from there, with the, mm-hmm. the, it's a shame that they might miss out. However... Um, th- this I, just, has- I just think as well, like you know, with the tag match, you know, it's oh. does it water down what could happen on night two? Like, surely there'd be zero physicality between Cody and Roman until the one-on-one match. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Cody taking the pin after a spear, and maybe you know that's two losses to Roman, and it's perhaps going to put that seed of doubt in there. You know what I mean? Um, mm. I, listen, I, I don't know. Um, but um, in fairness to EO and Bailey, their stories just got started. Their stories just getting going. I mean, yeah. the whole damage control dissension has been going on since, like, war games. Yeah, it's been a slow burn, though, David, and it's just getting going. This has went into hyperdrive with one slap of Cody Rhodes' face. And it's drawn everyone in. People are talking about potentially Sami Zayn being involved. What's going to happen with Jimmy Uso? Jay Uso, what does he make about all this? <clears throat> Solo Sokoa, where's he going to be at WrestleMania? You know, it's just, it's drawn everyone in. And we are at the stage where this, if this was Cody Rhodes, uh, sorry, if this was Seth Rollins' only WrestleMania match this year, I don't think people would think he'd been shortchanged considering he main events with the Royal Rumble winner, the undisputed champion, and The Rock, because he has his history with Cody, he has his history with Roman, and now he's made his distaste or disdain, I should say, for The Rock clear. That's going to start building while we're at it. Now, they did, I think they gave this away that it is going to be the main event of night one, simply because you had Triple H mentioned from its humble beginnings, its main event is a tag match. And the press mm-hmm. gone. There's the moment uh, Jim Cornette and Eric Bischoff pointed it out on their podcast. Big E goes to go, what are we building to? Are we building to a tag match? And it was almost as if they were given creative freedom. Michael Cole, Pat McAfee, CM Punk, Big E, who I thought were great on that panel, by the way. They were uh, brilliant, yeah. And you know what? It, it just goes to how good the the panel can be without Vince yelling in their ear all the time. Um, it got to the point where he was about to say, what are we building towards? A tag match. And it was almost as if that was the only time where they went, fucking shut up. Shut <laughs> up. Don't mess it up. And then obviously the Super Bowl trailer. I think it's, it's a way to get Rock in the main event. It's a way to keep Rock in the story. It's a way to build Cody even more. It's a way to build suspense. 
Seth Rollins gets entangled in all this, I think this is night one. And I'm sorry to Bailey and Eo Sky, but this is bigger than that. I'm sorry. I would mm. if it, if Seth Rollins, if the original plan was Seth Rollins Punk and Cody Roman, and we were still getting that, I would say nah. Night one is one Royal Rumble winner. Night one is another. But this is too big for that. I'm sorry. This is this is what everyone's talking about. This led to we want Cody trending worldwide. This led to people who'd been begging for The Rock to come back and fight Roman for years turning on The Rock. This led to Cody Rhodes' status as a, a main event caliber superstar of the level of a Hogan, a Rock, and an Austin with the wrestling fans. This cemented that to me. So this is so much bigger than that. And mm-hmm. sorry, Eo and Bailey, but I'm let's sorry. Not, let's not forget as well, you know, in Australia next week, we've got a, an Elimination Chamber match to determine Rollins' World Heavyweight title opponent. So that makes you think, is Rollins also going to do double duty as well? Yeah. You know, defend the World Heavyweight title and get involved in the tag match? Well, this could be the... This could also be a moment for a Money in the Bank cash-in. This could be Very Drew true. attacking Seth, because I think it's going to be Drew. I'm just putting that out there. Uh, oh, Drew's, Drew, been, Drew's been killing it right now. You know, he's got that, that Greystone t-shirt is selling like hotcakes at the minute. And his character, you know, of just, you know, being a justified dickhead is working brilliantly. So we move on to... See, this is the thing I keep saying we move on to. There's so many moving parts, and this is why it's exciting, because people can say The Rock played a power play. People can say this was the plan all along. People can say that it was partial a plan, but they don't they didn't realise his support for Cody. There's an element of truth of both. Quite frankly, to, to take a quote from The Rock, it doesn't matter, because it's now got everyone talking, and it's a WrestleMania that we were all excited about, that has now went into overdrive because it's going 100 mile an hour. We had the the thing with Triple H on SmackDown. Paul Heyman comes in. Triple H says, what do you want? And he says, never mind. I'll come back next week when you're in a better mood. By the way, when I come back next week, I'll be with my tribal chief, Roman Reigns. And the booze start and Paul Heyman walks away and then just comes back and goes, and The Rock. And, oh... Paul Heyman getting involved in this. The promos, Cody, Roman, Rock, Heyman, Rollins, Punk getting involved, Sammy getting involved, the Usos getting involved. This is sensational. Unbelievable, Jeff. I'm gonna call it right now. Go. Paul Heyman gets in, gets inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. Just because yeah. it's in Philadelphia. I think that would be a good shout. I think, one, it would be a good shout, but two, I don't think it will happen simply because he's refused to break character these past few years. Like when he's mm-hmm. on, you know, when when he couldn't sleep, he showed up with the the grey hair and the, the beard growing and the commitment to the character. I don't think in the lead up to WrestleMania, he would allow himself the Hall of Fame induction, but I think it would be a very good very good idea, but let's move on to Monday Night Raw. So you mentioned the the Shield promo. 
I am the one who let Roman get to this stage. I used to be an architect. Uh, Art Vandalay was my name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he said, I used to be an architect and the two of us, uh, sorry, the three of us, he doesn't mention who the third guy is. By the way, let's talk about the third guy. I wonder uh, why. Jim Cornette mentioned this. He goes, Dean Ambrose, who looks like a plumber, must be absolutely fizzing. The Rock, sorry, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins are two of the biggest stars in the world, not just in wrestling just now, but on a celebrity scale. They're up there at the WrestleMania press conference. They're going to fight in front of 100,000 people two nights in a row, and they're going to do it with The Rock in attendance. They're... They're doing that, and yet he's having death matches at your local gymnasium with former convicts. You know, listen, do what makes you happy, but let's not act as if let's not act as if he he always has been the third biggest star of the Shield. But anyway, um, he mentions the three. He mentions if you need someone at WrestleMania, almost confirming the tag match, I'll be your Shield. And as you mentioned, David. Some great lines. We had the "You're Welcome" line. Where yeah, does this... that was after Becky mentioned Daddy fight what what fight Maui. Where does this go for you? What do you expect tonight? Because we record the time of recording on Friday night. What do mm. you expect to happen tonight on SmackDown? What do you expect from Rock and Roman going? Because it's a double taping tonight, mm-hmm. so there may be a wee hint of what's going to happen on Raw as well because they're doing a double taping of SmackDown and then they're doing a live Raw and then they're off to Australia for the Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. do you, what do you foresee happening? What do you think is going to happen with The Rock and Roman? I think it's got to be like a, some sort of rebuttal to the alliance of Cody and Seth going up against them. You know, the, the, the new people's champions are sort of trying to break waves and I think maybe The Rock's like, listen... You guys are solid in-ring work, in workers, but you'll never achieve the level of greatness that The Rock has achieved, you know, because The Rock is the true people's champion, yada, yada, yada. But I think The Rock will be carrying most of the conversation because he's the much more influential person uh, in this Rock-Roman partnership. You know, Roman Nobles has been reduced to the the solo role, shall we say, you know, he, he feels more like the enforcer, you know, the one that can actually go in the ring now whilst The Rock delivers these insane promos. And I hope we get some sort of a pipe bomb a little bit, you know, sort of blur the lines between kayfabe and reality a little bit. You know, it gives people a reason to tune in and, you know, see some really good promo work uh, from one of the best in the business. And I really hope they do put the focus on, you know, the the building up of this back and forth rivalry, which is which has to stretch out over the space of about six weeks or so up until Mania. I think it's just going to be trading jibes back and forth, etc. I mean, Cody's got a match with Drew and stuff. Rollins is probably going to be is probably going to be in bubble wrap until Mania, but that's besides the point. Cody's going to be the one working matches. I think everybody else needs to just be on their on their promo game, as it were. And I've also seen that Cody and Rollins have both been booked to be on the, the Grayson Waller effect in Elimination Chamber. So it gets an Aussie on the card in a 
in his hosting role, which he's good at. And it also gives Cody and Rollins the reason to be on the show, but not put them at risk of last minute injury and stuff, which I think is quite clever. So as long as they can keep delivering fire promos up until Mania, I think people are just going to get more and more invested in this. I think this is going to be... um It'll lead to like an impromptu tag match, I think, against like Grayson Waller and Austin Theory because they're buddying about at the minute. Pardon mm-hmm. me, but it'll be like a a five minute tag match, you know, as you said, wrapped in bubble wrap. The face is not taking many bumps, and you know the the heels getting beat up and sending people home happy. Basically, that's that's the direction I think we're going there. But let's. Um, Let's move from um, WrestleMania to Revolution and let's look towards the AEW side of things. Let's talk about Sting. Let's talk about um, the man they call Sting retiring after a glittering career. Um, him and Darby Allen have won the tag titles. It's something that, that felt should have happened three years ago when Sting <laughs> debuted in the company. Um, has happened in the twilight of his career. His last match will be the main event of Revolution. The Young Bucks, or sorry, the AEW EVPs, Matthew and Nicholas, against Darby Allen and Sting. And this match, I think a lot of people were like, really? The Young Bucks? And this is something else when we talk about veering into the skid. Everyone was saying, oh, it's only because they're the EVPs, they've used their power and their influence. They're going with it. And it's a completely different direction. Um, David Campbell bemoans the fact that they constantly in AEW, the Young Buck storyline seems to be, who are they friends with? Who are they friends with? Who's on the Young Buck side? What side are the Young Bucks on? What do the Young Bucks make of the action of the Good Brothers? What do the Good Brothers make of the action of the Young Bucks? What about Kenny Omega? What about Hangman Page? Who will the Young Bucks team with? And it's just like, it's rinse and repeat. And it's it's nice to see a different side. And I like this, the fact that this past week on Dynamite, Matthew and Nicholas showed up. They beat the hell out of Sting and Darby Allen after they won the tag titles. They beat them up with baseball bats. They beat Sting's son up with baseball bats. They've got the blood still on the suits. They arrived in a private jet. And it's just, it's a, hey, you want to hate us? Hey, you know, we have been uh, a focal point for people's anger. If you want to hate us, hate us. We'll go right in at the skid. And it's the fact that they're going up against this beloved legend who's on his way out. This could really kickstart a really interesting heel run for the Young Bucks, I think. For sure. I mean, they've just sort of embraced the hate a little bit, you know, and they've taken their backstage roles and turned it into new characters, which I think is really good, especially when they're getting pretty much negative reactions. Like, you know, good heat, shall we say, not necessarily go-away heat, because that's kind of what, obviously, what... uh, a young Rocky was getting back in 96 before he became the rock. You know, he turned all that hate into a, into a heel character as part of nation of domination. Same thing happened with, uh, 
with Batista, obviously, after the 2014 Rumble. And you could say it also happened with the New Day at the end of 2014 as well. You know, they were supposed to be brought in as this really over-the-top face trio, but people were just really did not like it at first. And then that negative reaction forced them to turn heel and just amplify their characters even further. This is what I'm seeing with the Bucks. And I think it's, it's something that should have happened a long time ago. I mean, yes, they deliver great matches. You know, yes, we could say, you know, when we were at Wembley, uh, the Bucks versus FTR was arguably match of the night. They, it, it's difficult to say, really, you know, unless there's a really good character there without justification, it's really hard to really sort of fall in line with the whole rinse repeat section, knowing you're just going to get a good match out of it. So I like the direction they're going with their characters now. So one side of this that hasn't gone over well with um, certain people is the the fact that Darby Allen's promo this past week, you know, Dave Meltzer mentioned, you know, they didn't mention the blood. They didn't mention the beating they put on Sting's kids. They didn't mention any of that. What they mentioned was the fact that the EVPs in this company are nothing but egomaniacs, you know, and he said, there used to be one guy who was great, and it ain't Kenny Omega, and obviously that got a Cody chant going. Cody, Cody, Cody. Dave Meltzer talked about um, how he felt that was a, a Russo-esque move. All it did was put the eyes on the product of the competitors. Now, listen, we've talked and bemoaned and you know, begged and pleaded Tony Khan to stop mentioning WWE and putting eyes on the product. I don't think this was as bad as people made out because Darby's first match in AEW was against Cody. Darby won the title that Cody won, the TNT title. Darby was in Cody's corner a couple of times. Darby was a Cody Rhodes signing, whereas Brandon Cutler, as he mentioned, was a Young Buck signing. So Cody Rhodes is, you know, he's instrumental to the, and this is something Cody Rhodes mentioned on the, um, I believe it was the Logan Paul podcast. Yeah, he recently did an episode of Impulsive. Yeah. Um, he mentioned, he goes, it's different from me for other second generation superstars because even from beyond the grave, Dusty's fingerprints are in everything. You know, they're in match types, they're in pay-per-views. There's a whole era of NXT superstars who came up under Dusty Rhodes' tutelage. And, you know, there's now a lot of producers as well there. And that's the thing with Cody and AEW. AEW is here because of Cody Rhodes. So I don't think, oh, Cody, Cody, Cody. <laughs> You're always going to get that in AEW show, I think. I think whenever you mention the the history of AEW, Cody Rhodes is the vital part of it. I don't think this was as bad as Dave Meltzer made out, but I can see why people maybe didn't like it because maybe Darby Allen didn't put the focus on the feud. He put the focus on on the people that brought him here who are no longer part of the feud, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, I suppose like you were saying, you know, chance of influential figures that became a part of that company's success. You know, it's kind of like when people were doing the CM Punk chants, you know, back when he was either 
not wrestling or he was he was wrestling for AEW, etc. at the time. It's it just puts eyes on the other product again, you know, knowing that, you know, if you acknowledge your competitors, that's gonna be what's gonna make people jump ship. And it's again, it's it's another reason, you know, how much influence Cody has over the the industry as a whole, particularly, you know, with uh the sign like you said, the signing of Darby Allen, etc. It's yeah, I mean there's not much else I can really add to what's already been said. So let's move from AEW. Well, actually, let's stay with AEW. Let's talk Will Ospreay. Let's talk mm. um, the aerial assassin making his debut at Revolution. The Don Callis family announcing that Will Ospreay, who's also part of the Don Callis family, um, they couldn't find a star big enough to face him. So they're going to keep it in-house. Will Ospreay's first opponent will be, pardon me, Takeshita. And the crowd went mild. <laughs> now, this for me is a mistake. Will Ospreay coming off a great year across the board. He was in my top 10. He was third, I believe. A fourth, I put him. I put my, his, yeah, I also put him fourth, yeah. He was fourth in my top 10. Clearly, that was the accolade he was wanting, being fourth on two people's <laughs> lists of wrestlers of the year. Um, he was fourth on, that, in my, on, a, on a Diddy Little Scottish podcast. <laughs> he was fourth on my list. I thought a lot of people's wrestler of the year. And he's coming into this company with, you know, all the momentum in the world. He's come in. He's already familiar uh, to this audience. Put him in there against someone big. Let's not have this Don Callis bullshit continue any longer. The storyline with Kenny was drawn out. I don't want it to be, right, we're going to go again, but playing the role of Kenny Omega will be Will Ospreay. I just, I don't care. I don't care, and I don't want, and I swear to God, if that rectangular-shaped, washed-up, Iggy Pop lookalike Chris Jericho manoeuvres himself into this feud with his creative control and his he's apparently the highest paid wrestler in AEW did you hear that? That's crazy yeah it, it, uh, I've just noticed the date as well I keep thinking it's this Saturday for some reason but it's March 3rd that it's uh, taking Sunday. place Hey, It's a Sunday Yeah March 3rd no, that's what I'm saying. It's a Sunday. You're saying I thought you were saying I thought it was a Saturday. I'm saying it's actually. Oh right. A oh, I see. Right. No, it's yeah. uh, um, still got WWE schedule on my mind here. Fozzy uh, are actually playing it. Fozzy are playing at QMU uh, this weekend. Oh really? Tell yeah, there's been flyers around <laughs> it near where I live. Um, but <laughs> come at my door. Um. <laughs> um well, if his wife can storm the capital, he can storm Lennox Town. Anyway, <laughs> uh, moving swiftly on, I don't want to see this. I think Osprey's better than this. However, I, 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 as much as I like Joe as the world champion, I don't think we should mess about. It. I think Osprey should be in the world title picture like that. I, I don't. None of this slow burn. None of this wrestling on rampage against Jeff Hardy. None of this. Diddy wee feuds against you know the best friends. No, get him in the main event scene. Get him against the big guys. Get him against 
Miro against Will Ospreay is a match I'd love to see. Get him against big beefy men. Big meaty men slapping meat. Will Ospreay versus Kill Switch. Will Ospreay versus Brian Cage. Absolutely. Um, but Well, maybe not Brian Cage. Anyway. Okay. Uh, uh, Will Ospreay versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse, even, Powerhouse Hobbs would have been more interesting. But this is a thing. We talk about nepotism signings. Let's talk about friend. What's, what's nepotism with friends? Friendism? Uh, just uh, preferential treatment. Aye, right, okay. Well, the preferential treatment Takeshita gets because he's because Kenny Omega's taking a shine to him is despicable. He is boring as anything. Oh, my God. Anyway, Will deserves better. Hopefully, Will Osprey will pull out his arse. It will be an absolute banger. However, I think it deserves better, and hopefully we see better. We'll talk a bit more about Revolution next week. Let's jump. We'll jump from WWE. Let's jump to, we'll jump to AEW. Let's jump to TNE and the departure of Scott Demore. Uh, a shock to a lot of people. Not uh, by choice either. Not by choice either, no. I'll, apparently, this is something that's just came out over the last few days. However, it's been in the work for the last few weeks. Uh, and months, apparently, uh, he was there to get the TNA rebranch, uh, rebrand and relaunch off the ground. However, he made it clear he didn't want to leave. This is according to the, the usual sources, because this is a story that's been developing over the last week or so as well. He made it clear that he didn't want to leave. He tried to buy the company at one point. It was turned down. Anthem Sports and Entertainment wanted to um, make it seem like a united front, make it seem like it was a mutual decision for the new president coming in, whose name escapes me. Um, That's how much people care about the new guy that just wants Scott Demore back. Apparently, he's not got much wrestling experience apart from when WWE was on the channel in Canada that he used to work for. He used to liaise with WWE. That's his wrestling experience. Um, and apparently um, uh, the Impact Superstars as of today have written an open letter to Anthem Sports and Entertainment uh, voicing their displeasure at the treatment and firing of Scott Demore. Um, Scott Demore was seen as by many a trainer, uh, a friend, as well as you know the president of TNA and the head booker. And they've made it clear that they they have no ill will towards the new president. However, they wish to open a dialogue which could see Scott Demore return to the company in some aspect. This is really dangerous for TNA here, and this is where uh, Anthem can't get out their own way because Anthem lost a lot of goodwill. Well, they didn't have a lot of goodwill. They they played hardball because they had one thing to play hardball with. And it was a license to the broken Matt character. Now, they played hardball. Um, a lot of people turned on both TNA and Anthem at the time when uh, Matt Hardy couldn't use the gimmick. Anthem has st- steadily built up goodwill with Impact Wrestling, slowly but surely being great over the last three to four years. And with Scott Demore, the relaunch, the passion and the energy he had towards uh, this this new 
this new era of TNA. You know, his exact words were, we're done apologising for past mistakes. It's full steam ahead. If you've watched any of TNA since the relaunch, it's been absolutely sensational. You know, the likes of Mustafa Ali have been showing up. Nick Nemeth has mm. got a lot on life again. Okada and Will Ospreay were in the main events uh, each uh, back-to-back weeks. Um, we're building towards no surrender. Simon Gotch, for some reason, is back, <laughs> which I think is incredible. Uh, there's so is, much. It's all like prettiest still there. Yes, for reasons that we don't know. Um, but, you know, there's so much excitement around this. There's so many new signings coming in, so many older guys re signing. It just looks like Anthem has burned all that goodwill and all that excitement. And it's a dangerous thing to to have a roster turn against you, especially when, you know, the likes of Jordan Grace has just appeared in the Royal Rumble. You know, AEW is is always on the lookout to sign more wrestlers because Tony can collect some Pokemon cards. Um, <laughs> it's a dangerous thing because when there's other people out there who will happily take that talent, you can't piss off the ones you have. And I think Anthem Entertainment has done that. Yeah. I mean, with one decision, the parent company has essentially pissed off an entire fan base and its and its roster as well. So, I mean, when I first read that, I mean, I was a bit taken aback because, I mean, why would he be ousted? Why would Scott DeMore be ousted of this position when he put in a lot of time and effort to get TNA back on its feet, you know, with the whole rebranding. And we've said this before, like TNA Impact should have died on its arse 10 years ago, but it kept going. It's, you know, the the brave little toaster of wrestling companies, you know, the, the, little, to- the, little, uh, the little company that could. And I've just had a, a surge of respect for you know, how much work and effort's been put in, not just by Scott DeMore, but also all the talent that have, you know, kept kept things going and made it the alternative for outside of the big promotions. It's, I don't know if maybe this is just a power play or not, or maybe the there's some stuff behind the scenes that we don't know about, but I don't, I don't know. I think Anthem has just made themselves like complete, you know, faceless corporate a faceless corporation that just seems to like who think they know everything that's going on but are at the same time are completely out of touch with what their fan base is is enjoying because the backlash alone and and the open letter by the talent are just two big red flags saying this was a very very poor decision yeah i agree i think this is it's it's something that it's it's confusing. It's stupid. It's oh, it's just, it's just just idiotic. It really is. Um, should we talk about something good? Yes, yes. Talk about Braun Breaker and the Wolf Dogs, the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Let's talk about. The reports about Braun Breaker going up to the main roster and plans being in place for a potential feud of Braun versus Roman Reigns. Now, obviously, the big dog, the the 
dog in the yard, the the best spear in the business t-shirt, spear versus spear, the Paul Heyman aspect of it all, you know, there is a lot to work with there, but I would love to see Braun come up and have six months as a tag team with Baron Corbin, because I'm really enjoying this odd couple pairing that we've got of Baron and Broughton. Yeah, Corbin's return to NXT has been somewhat of a resurgence for him a little bit. You know, he's finally got some accolades under his wing, which he hasn't had since, like, winning King of the Ring. You know, there was that whole phase of happy Corbin, which sort of just, you know, he kept getting fed to the the baby face of the week. You know, he got fed to Drew, got fed to Madcap. And this is the first time in seven years that he's actually held a championship you know, like a championship title rather than, than, you know, like Andre the Giant winner, Money in the Bank, uh, the King of the Ring, Dusty Cup. You know, he's won the Dusty Cup now and he's went on to win the NXT tag titles. So I'd say good for him, especially, you know, when he's, you know, age is starting to catch up with him a little bit. It just goes to show he can still go. And when he's paired with the right guy, he can make an excellent team. I'm just curious as to what they'll do with the tag titles going forward now because you sort of feel invested in the chase a little bit, you know, when they formed up to to create the Wolf Dogs. I wouldn't be against the idea of seeing them on a tag team roster run, you know, let them run rampant a little bit, you know, have the mainstream audience get a bit more familiar with Braun Breaker, you know, the ones that don't watch NXT on a regular basis. And... I think you can tell, you know, Braun is going to be a monster heel when he breaks out on his own come the uh, the main roster. And dare I say it, you know, I've seen some conversations in and around, and we've had this in the group chat as well. I think he could be a pretty damn good Paul Heyman guy. You know, if Roman disappears after WrestleMania because he couldn't, fa- he couldn't face the shame of losing the championship to Cody, Paul Heyman's lurking around wanting somebody to work with. You know, Braun Breaker could be that, shall I say it, next big thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, I do hope if after WrestleMania, Roman goes and Paul needs a new guy, I, if that's the road they're going to go down, I hope they go all in on Braun and they don't do the Cesaro thing where it was, so hey, I've got Cesaro. But by the way, Brock Lesnar... Broke the Undertaker's streak. Do you want to see Brock? Yeah. He's not mm-hmm. here. But here's Cesaro. That's the sort of thing they did with him. And I just hope it's not a case of, do you like Roman Reigns? Ah, well, that's <laughs> the guy with the spear as well. I just I hope that that's not the route they go yeah. down. But yeah, no. Uh, it'd be interesting to see Braun on the main roster soon. Someone we could see returning to the main roster is early as the next two weeks, is Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio was hoping to be back for January, but it looks like he will be given the all-clear within the next few weeks. Uh, Legado del Fantasmo against LWO at WrestleMania, would that be something you're interested in seeing? Absolutely, yep. I think the uh, the story's been set in motion ever since you know Rey first got injured uh, at the hands of Escobar, and it allowed... They gave them a chance to build Escobar up as a heel character, you know, working with Dragon Lee, working with Carlito, and obviously earning his place up in the United States title number one contenders tournament. It's a really good undercard feud, I think. You know, it elevates Escobar up to a new level. It brought up Angel and Berto, 
uh, now. You know, they're forming the new Logado. I think um, I'm not really sure if uh, Del Toro and Wild are now back in NXT or if that was the one-off. But it's um, it does seem like we're going the way of maybe Rey Mysterio, Carlito, and Dragon Lee perhaps going to get against Legado. You know, it's a good six-man undercard match for maybe night one of Mania. Maybe somewhere you could stick it in the middle. I don't see it as big enough to, to open the show because we all know that that's going to be, you know, that's big shoes to fill on its own. I think that could be a show opener if they let the guys go 100 miles an hour. Ray might not be able to go, you know, as quick as these guys anymore, but he can still, you know, go with the best of them, I think. And I don't know if you've seen the, the move recently where uh, Joaquin Wild is launched into the air. Oh, my <laughs> God, yes. Yes. That was like that, three seconds of airtime. Yeah, that is a WrestleMania moment waiting to happen, I think. And um, Cruz del Toro d- launches him. I, I still call him Raul. Uh, Raul Mendoza, yeah. That's Raul, how they were first introduced. Yeah, I, I was thinking Raul Gonzalez. Uh, that's the guy that played for Real Madrid. Anyway, um, someone who won't be on WWE TV for some time is Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi Blackheart recently at the NXT tapings took on Ly- Lyra Valkyria. Lyra Valkyria, yep. That, that one. Um, took on <laughs> for the NXT Women's Championship. Unfortunately, during the match, uh, it was cut short. as Shotzi came down on her knee. Uh, on the apron of the ring, the hardest part of the ring. I don't know if anyone's ever told you that. Uh, the hardest yeah. part of the ring, injuring her knee. Uh, she was taken backstage. A open challenge was put out, and I can't remember who answered the open challenge. However, it does mean that Shotzi, who was scheduled for an Elimination Chamber qualifying match against Naomi, against Naomi, is now out of the match and into the match. The opportunity now knocks for Alba Fire. Alba Fire, along with Isla Dawn, debuted on the main roster as part of the NXT Women's Champions. They quickly lost those titles to Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey, who unified the titles. And since then, they've not really been around, you know, an appearance in the Royal Rumble. Mm. Not much else to talk about, really. Not really being used well, considering she was the forever champion in NXT uh, UK and then had quite a prominent role and prominent feud with um, with Mandy Rhodes in NXT for the NXT Women's Championship. It just feels like things have slowed down a little bit for her. Hopefully, mm. I, listen, I fully expected Naomi to win that match when it was Shotzi. I think it's a cert now. However, um, the rules of wrestling dictate when an opponent is injured and replaced, the replacement must win. So hopefully we see... Fingers crossed. Kayla, the former Kayla Kayla in yeah. the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, get a big win and get that moment in Australia, the Elimination Chamber. It would certainly be nice to see. Um, let's wrap everything up in a neat little bowl uh, and talk about a report I've just seen from Dave Meltzer. Uh, oh, no, 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 guy who came up. The guy came up with the 101 different scenarios for the press conference and he got pretty much every single one of them wrong. <laughs> well, he's talking about the the why Cody Rhodes initially stepped aside for The Rock at WWE. According to Meltzer, following CM Punk's injury, the decision was made internally to have Rhodes shift 
to facing Seth Rollins. With that in mind, the WWE head of creative Paul Triple H Levesque came up with the idea for the segment on the February 2nd uh, edition of SmackDown with Rhodes stepping aside, offering his support to Dwayne Johnson. Levesque reportedly believed that Rhodes' endorsement of The Rock would tie up at the storyline's loose ends. But fan reaction was negative, and it was at that point Johnson and his longtime writer Brian Gerowitz uh, put the feeling across that the Rock should turn heel based on the crowd response. This left this led to the WWE WrestleMania XL kickoff press conference, pitting Rhodes and Rollins against Johnson and Reigns. Uh, the plan with Ro- Rhodes and Rollins initially meant there was going to be no men's elimination chamber as the feeling was that was going to be CM Punk that won that. With CM Punk out, the chamber was scrapped. However, the chamber was brought back in with the overwhelmingly negative fan reaction. And now we have a men's and women's elimination chamber. And breathe yet again another story from The Rock had a power play to The Rock's plan all along was to make Cody a star to actually it was Triple H's idea. Again, as we said earlier, David, it doesn't matter. We're on a fun road to WrestleMania. Let's just enjoy every step of the ride and let's enjoy SmackDown tonight. I listen, so many Rock and Cody puns in that last little bit, you know, and knowing you're right, it doesn't matter, you know what, who said what, what the plan was. We're on a road to WrestleMania now, and you're right, I'm excited for SmackDown. I'd like to, I'm very, very curious as to how Rock and Roman are going to go about this this feud. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Rock and Roman say tonight. It's a double taping. It'll be interesting to see if Rock and Roman are plastered across both tapings of SmackDown tonight. We'll be back it next week. Be. Yeah, we'll be back next week previewing the Elimination Chamber, previewing uh, TNA's No Surrender. It's a, it's a great weekend. Uh, you and the other Rangers boys will be uh, excited TNA. to preview that, I assume. No Surrender, Scott Demore. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> It'll be an interesting weekend. I believe that's an early start, actually, for UK viewers. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I do believe it's, it is kicking off a bit early. Uh, but the Chamber? No, the um, no surrender on the Friday night before the Elimination Chamber. Uh, I well, do I only know that Chamber's airing 10am UK time, which is, which is brilliant for us. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. It's so enjoy a Friday night watching TNA No Surrender. Get a couple hours sleep and then get up and watch the Elimination Chamber while you have your cornflakes. But whatever you eat for breakfast this week, enjoy SmackDown. Enjoy our massive back catalogue of wrestling interviews, previews, reviews, and all the news. But just before we go, quickly to plug our very own John Isherwood's work with his own. Uh, with his day job, that is, with Fix Radio, at Fix Radio UK. You can find them on Twitter. He interviewed some of the stars of AEW. He interviewed the international champion, Orange Cassidy, the one half of the AEW tag team champions, Darby Allen, and potentially the future AEW world champion, Swerve Strickland. Those are coming out in the coming weeks. You can find it at Fix Radio UK. Right, we are at Suplex Retweet. We are... Suplex, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, I should say, on iTunes, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. And we will see you next week when we preview all things Elimination Chamber. Bye for now. Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McGrobby. We are the hosts of the monthly show on Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat, East Meets West. Where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews, and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. 
You can remember to check that out on the Eat Soup Life with Sheep podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify, or iTunes now. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.